Thursday live from the ESPN 690 and a jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I was thinking, am I going to shout to, to begin the show? And I was like, ah, let's not scare anybody early. What are you shouting for, man? Well, I kind of want to say this. Screw the no moral victory stuff. Uh, like, you know, it's such an old cliche. It's like you're not allowed to, to say, hey, that was still pretty impressive. That was still pretty good. Oh, we lost. I get it. I get it. I get it. Like, that's a loser mentality is what people say. <laughs> that's what your, I would say. But, yeah, and I understand that because you have to say that, right? But you're also fooling yourself because you've been into a lot of locker rooms and you've been on a lot of teams and you've been involved in sports for a long time. And you're also fooling yourself if you don't think – that sometimes the moral victory actually is worth something. Mm. Uh, the fact that you played pretty well, the fact that you saw a lot of good things, the fact that you did things better than people thought you could or would, that, that build, that builds confidence. You can actually still gain some confidence in yeah. a loss. Is the stream all messed up? You're looking at Kuz like he's got 14 well, heads. Well, the, the the title says the Blitz Scoreboard Show talking high school football which uh, maybe we will maybe we maybe will, we will. we're going back to friday night let's go back in time a little yeah, bit yeah yeah, yeah yeah we'll have to fix that it's all we'll good. get it going I listen bottom line is Coos is all out of sorts today yeah. already like he's he's all he's already mad he's swearing at things and um he what might swear on that on? i see it on twitter I sit on Brett Martineau's Twitter. He, the Blitz scoreboard well, listen, if you watch the Blitz scoreboard show, by the way, on um, Friday night. Yep. Well, I had it on for a little bit. It. I was watching SmackDown, but I had you in the background yeah, yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah. We're figuring that show out. By the way, yeah. that show is going at, it's got potential. Mm-hmm. Not very good just yet, but it's got potential. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like this one. We're trying to make it. We're getting there, uh, man. So, so then I get a text like on Saturday morning yeah. from Nick, boss man Nick, and he's like, hey, um, the wrong thing was punched up, and the Home and Garden show was on your like Periscope and Twitter and everything else. So there it is. It was another edition of the Blitz Scoreboard oh, Show, but it was the Home and Garden, the home show, and garden show on Saturday morning. Wait, so now I mean, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because think about it. Like we're we're, we're tying to a new audience, obviously, an audience yeah. maybe not really familiar with sports, but also if people are clicking on to see the Home and Gardening show and they see your mug. Might be a couple uh, frowny faces yeah, out there. Yeah, I don't even think it was my mug. I think it was the Home and Garden show. It just played on my Twitter. Oh, I got it. <laughs> so, I got it. Apparently, hey, we got a few hundred views on it, uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I'm well-rounded, people. <laughs> uh, tune in every Saturday morning, and I'll give you tips on how to pick weeds. Well, let's, let's just get casually like just put the Home and Garden show up there for a couple extra hundred views every once in a while. When, the, uh, when we get a little low numbers, yeah, Home and Garden show it is. Go, throw it in as a sub. Let's go. Uh, meanwhile, uh, hopefully, uh, I, I don't know if Coos is going to make it through this show what's up I man mean, he just looks so distraught today. It's, a, hey, it's monday man it, you've got a I case mean, of the monday it's only a case of the mondays even though like monday's a big day for us we gotta get our stuff in order some would say it's the biggest it's let's go yes. i mean we're talking about the jags yeah i'm telling you that moral victories do exist yeah well yeah you are i'm listen see here's a, what i say last week i said that if the jaguars come out and go punch for punch with the tennessee titans I'll be happy. I don't need the Jacksonville Jaguars to win against the Titans. I just need them to show up and show that they belong. And you know what, Brent? You know what, man? For the most part of that game, the Jaguars don't look like they belonged. They look like the better team. Okay? Now, I'm going to curb my enthusiasm just, just a little bit, though, because it comes down to I saw some mistakes. 
saw some mistakes from the coaching side, and obviously the defense, we have to get around to that too as well. So while I am happy, and while I saw the youngest team in the NFL go toe-to-toe with my pick to win the AFC South Division, I also saw a team that maybe left the game on the field. And I think that's where the frustration comes from me a little bit. Yeah, and I think uh, it's, I, I guess it's after the first 15 minutes of that, it was okay to almost have to be mad about those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you shouldn't be satisfied. There's a big difference between that. That's the thing. There's a big difference between, say, a moral victory and feeling pretty good about this football team and where it's going than in contentment, right? Yeah. And satisfaction. That's a huge difference. So I get it. But I did a poll question last night and I was like, hey, do you feel pretty good? Is it okay to feel pretty good about this team mm-hmm. despite the loss? And we were up to like 1,400 votes or something, and 89% of the people said yes, uh, it's okay. They're, they're all jumping on board the Brent Martin wagon. Well, because here's the deal. I'm going to give you the stat of the day, right? To start the show, take this one to the water cooler, take it home to the wife and kids, take it home and and share it. Okay. You don't even have to give me credit for it, even though they'd come out of the Brent Sports Bureau because I did the research. Hopefully it's right. <laughs> <laughs> the Brent Sports, Sports Bureau doesn't really have a double checker. Stat Boy Junior, where's Stat Boy at, man? I don't know. Stat Boy, maybe you could jump in and check yeah, this one man, out. Yeah, man, come on. It's quarantine time. You're good. So I'm like, when's the last time the Jags have really put like 57? They have 57 points, which is tied with the Kansas City Chiefs for two games, okay? Sure. That says a lot in itself. Yep. Um, and, and really, none of that's on the defensive side. <laughs> oh, you mean from scoring? Yeah. Oh, no. no, none, no, 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 no. Really, was very little defensive Z- help. Zero help. Yeah. So I was like, wow, when's the last time Jack scored 57 points in two consecutive games? Well, I was, to my astonishment. Probably never. No, a lot. Oh, really? A lot. Yeah, like oh. 2017, they did it like three different times. 2016, 14. You know, I, could, I was like, wow, I, I did not realize that. Okay, so that part of the experiment didn't work. Yeah. So I went to a different part of the experiment. I said, when is the last time the Jaguars scored 57 points to start a season or more than that? Mm-hmm. Well, here's my numbers. Nice little pink sticky note. And for some <laughs> reason on pink, I wrote with red markers, so it's very hard to read because I'm getting older. But you have to go all the way back. To 1999 and 2000. Mm-hmm. So the 2000 season to find a spot where the Jaguars started the year scoring 57 points or more. That year in 2000, they scored 63. In 1999, they scored 63. In 1997, they scored 68. Those are the three highest totals through two games the Jags have ever had in franchise history. It's been 20 years, man. Wow. It's been 20 years. And I... so. With that being said, I think to start this year, that's why there's an excitement level that, that's like, your eyes are not lying, people. This looks a little different. Sure, the Jags had some good performances in 17. They've had some good performances over the years on offense, dating back to 2008, really, but not a lot of them. And this looks different. Even 17, with the strength of that defense, they got so much help from that defense that it didn't look like the offense was doing it. It looked like the defense was doing it. Well, this looks like the offense is doing it. And there's reason to be excited about that. And one of the things we'll talk about today, really two of them, is James Robinson the real deal? Hmm. I mean, has he proven already he's the real deal? And is Gardner Minshew the real deal? Is he already proving he's the real deal, even though he made a couple mistakes in that game? That were pretty big. So I think that's why when you say moral victories, you're not allowed to say, yeah, that's okay. Well, I think you're all lying to yourself, quite frankly, because you feel pretty decent about this football team on a Monday morning in Jacksonville, now Monday afternoon. And so if you feel that way, then you're also saying, 
you know what? Maybe you're right. Moral victories are okay in this sense. Now, you can't get satisfied. There's no room for contentment. How do they get better on defense? Do they continue this, or is this a little flash in the pan? Is Jay Gruden really this good? All those questions will be answered. But for now, two weeks into the year, we're seeing something different in Jacksonville. And really, the biggest part of this is probably something unexpected. Nobody. Eight days ago, thought the Jaguars would have 57 points, and quite frankly, nobody thought they'd be one and one. Listen, I think you can be in a great mood from this just because expectations were so low for this team this year, right? And the way I see it right now through two games, what I'm seeing, my my questions are being answered already. You know, and to me, the biggest question of this team, and I'll be honest, I had them winning five games this season. Now it's probably gonna be a little more, but we'll see from that. I didn't have them winning a lot of games, and I think I even mentioned the T word one time. You know that T word rhymes with rank, if you will. I'm going to say this, though. I think with Gardner Minshew, he is showing you right now that he could be special. He's showing you right now that he's improved off last year. And to me, that was the biggest question going into the season. Is Gardner Minshew going to be the man? Or are we going to go draft a guy by the name of Trevor Lawrence or Fields or Trey Lance, somebody like that? Through two games right now, Gardner Minshew is showing that, listen, I'm not sure what all these rumors are about, hey, we're taking for Trevor, but uh, no, I think my spot's just fine the way it is, and I'm going to be here for a long time. That's what I love. So that was the biggest question for me this season. Is Gardner Minshew the man or not? Through two games, yes, there's been some mistakes here or there, but through two games, he has shown that he is the man. So the way I see it, well, that question's answered. Everything else right now is gravy. James Robinson, gravy. Chenault, gravy. Um, you know, Jay Gruden, play calling, gravy. Like, there's just there's a lot to like about this team on offense that we weren't expecting, but to me, it's the biggest thing. Is Gardner Minshew going to be the guy? And so far, Brent, he's looking dang good. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, if you're jumping into the video feed, especially on Twitter, I think it might say Friday Night Blitz Scoreboard. you got the right show. Uh, we're going to change that over and stop it and restart it here in just a little bit. So don't panic, but we appreciate jumping in. It's all Jags talk here on a Monday, no doubt about it. In fact, Josh Scobie will join us at 345 because we got to talk about special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was going on there? And this is a football team that can't afford to lose special teams, especially when you have a distinct advantage. Uh, They lost special teams yesterday, and that lost them the football game, you can argue. A lot of things do, but you can argue it cost them the football game. Not what I expected. I mean, if they had one advantage in that game, it was special teams. That's the one thing they had a big advantage of Mm -hmm. going into that game against Tennessee, and it didn't play out that way. Uh, One more thought before we go to break, because then we obviously will break it down. Josh Allen scheduled to join us a little later today as well in the 5 o'clock hour. So we'll see what's up with that defense, and maybe they can get some more pressure, do some things, because that's a problem spot, no doubt about it. One thing I took away, and it's super early in the season, and teams change, right? Uh, Minnesota might not be as bad as they look right now. Who Mm -hmm. knows? Uh, You know, Buffalo might not be as good as they look right now. Who knows? It's a long season, and it really does change the ebbs and flows of it. But the Jags went up to Nashville, Tennessee, and they played against a team that represented the AFC in the AFC Championship game last year. And quite frankly, man, I did not see a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Between the two, I I I, I didn't. Were my or is that a mirage? Um, am, am I right? I mean, listen, that yeah, defense is supposed to be good, and the Jags made them look awful. Yeah, 
what, what I saw in that game was a couple of call, calls that they got, a couple of breaks, and that happens in the NFL. I'll complain about those later, but that happens well, in the NFL. Yeah, uh, yeah. We all can complain about them. It, you can't do, but it just happens, right? It yeah. does happen. Go ahead and complain. I'm going to sit back here and just watch a complaint. I know, but it's fun to complain. Cause, sure. Uh, why not? I mean, come on. Make yourself complain. feel better, man. I mean, That's fine. team is clowny on after all? Hey, uh, okay, yeah we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll break that down uh, yeah, later. Yeah, okay, good. We'll good, break that good. down later. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. the other thing. The whole offsides, yeah. We'll and the other thing is, it's, it's as simple as this, right? Last week, they get two turnovers, and they make a couple big plays, and mm-hmm. they don't turn it over. Yeah. And this week, they turn it over on a couple of plays, and one was kind of a miscommunication, it looked like, with Colin Johnson. The other one gets batted down the line of scrimmage, and yeah. they don't force any turnovers. The difference in the game. Yeah. I mean, that's the NFL. But the Jaguars went toe-to-toe with a team that's in the AFC Championship game a, a year ago, yeah. and they matched them. Yeah. On the road, mm-hmm. uh, despite really looking awful in the early going once again. Yeah, I mean, listen, they definitely matched them, and they kind of, like I talked about in my three takeaway video here on um, my post on YouTube last night. Check it out if you want. If not, whatever. But, but you better uh, check it out. Oh, yeah, it's but, on but, Facebook, well, YouTube, then check Twitter. it out. Yeah, yeah that whole thing. That whole thing. on Instagram, too? I'm not oh, on Instagram. You are all over I'm not even on Instagram. I'm, I'm on over Instagram. I'm like photoshopping really like things, dude. No, I'm good, Brent. I'm good. Who are you, Mister Instagram? I'm good, dude. No, I'm good. Be on TikTok, but we can't get Not on there anymore. It shouldn't be selling. <laughs> yeah, someone put the kibosh on that. Um, <laughs> Short lived. <laughs> but new. I forgot what I was talking about. Oh yeah. So news to say though. The Titans had the game plan, right? And yeah, you're, you're out AJ Brown and you got Ryan Tannehill, but at the end of the day, guess what, man? You know what you're going to do? They're going to pound the rock. And the Jaguars out tightened the Titans, if you will. You know, they had, I think they, they had more rushing yards or not. James Robinson had a better day than Derrick Henry. He did. That, that's all I know. Right. And that offensive line was getting pushed all day. For the most part, Minshew was comfortable, stepped in the pocket a couple times. Like this was a team that we harped on the offensive line a lot, I think, during the offseason. At least I did. And this was a team that Doug Marone, even Dave Caldwell said, we like our offensive line. We're not going to change too much. We're going to add this guy, um, you know, Ben Barch, but that's about it. Everything else is going to remain the same. And I think myself and a lot of fans around the community were like, what, what are you guys doing? You know, like we saw what, what it was last year. What's going to be the change? Well, was Cab Robinson's knee really hurt last year, right? Um is this new kind of maybe blocking philosophy a little bit where you go straight forward as opposed to the zone kind of read stuff? Is that a difference? Like there's this offensive line right now, it's playing very well. If we talk about Minshew, we talk about James Robinson and obviously Chanel, all this stuff. I think we have to get more props to offensive line as well because they've really stepped up this year so far in these first two games. That's a big part I want to want to talk about a little bit, the physical nature of that game yesterday that jumped out to me, um, and we'll get to it. Uh, what we liked, what we didn't like. That's coming up next when we talk Jags. Josh Scobie will join us. I want to know more about that squib kick. What the hell is a power kick, and can we ban it from the game? It's called a power kick? Is that what it I is? I think so. Okay. Can we ban it? Yeah. And whose decision was it? Yeah. And why are we outsmarting ourselves? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? This is good. What are we doing this here? This is a little Earth, Wind, Oh, we're definitely What's playing. What's the date hey, right now? No, I know, but we're definitely playing on this one because this is a real song. It's Earth, Wind, and Fire. I, Get uh, ready to cut the check, Who's needed to lift the spirits? I mean, I guess so. we got the Friday Night Blitz scoreboard show yeah, up do. today we to do. start. It's rough. We're losing viewers by the dozens here. By the dozens here. Well, but we're about to lose uh, our studio by the dozens because we got to pay for this song here. This is a real song. <laughs> we cannot afford this one. All right, we'll be back. ESPN 690-904-362-9901. You can always jump in Star Star 690 as well. Oh, yeah. We're bopping around on a Monday even after a loss. So close to another Minshew Monday. That'll have to wait until after Thursday night's game. We'll be back here on ESPN 690. 
Brent Martineau. Uh, Daniel uh, says, we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless t-shirt. What more do you want from us, man? Like, uh, I mean, it's Friday. We never said we're intellectual. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I uh, got a few completions. That's always good to get it started the right way. And that last one sucks. You know, I feel like I had a heck healing coming under underneath, and uh, ball got tipped up in the air. Uh, you know, just a bad way to lose, but, um, you know, there's a lot of good, and we're going to learn from it and move forward. That's Gardner Minshew. Man, I got lambasted on social media. Oh, Brad. What the heck is up with this? Uh, I got lambasted on social media for a small, mild bit of criticism of Gardner Minshew. What'd you say about like, him? I, I I get careful you. you've been in that guy's house, so I, be careful. I get crushed when I say too many positive things. I get crushed on moral, moral victories. And I criticize the QB a little bit because that's what I saw yesterday. And you can tell me if I'm right. And I don't know if he would disagree with me. I thought there were two or three plays that he looked indecisive. Mm. Won the sack play where he's indecisive instead of just throwing it away, he ran for it. It was a bad sack. Yeah, they were bad. moving the ball, mm-hmm. and it took him out of it, it. It foiled the possession. I mean, Tennessee wasn't stopping them; they stopped themselves. And I thought yesterday, and maybe it wasn't on him in terms of his decisiveness. I think now, in hindsight, you look more at that play. Somebody said Tyler Eifert fell down on the last play of the game, or was falling down, mm-hmm. and so we pumped where it looked like to me he was indecisive whether should I throw it or should I not, but maybe it was more the receiver fell down, and then you got the mistake. You got, you got the batted down ball. So I don't really think indecision – listen, he's a decisive guy usually. That's what we like about him. Yeah. And I thought there were a couple of plays yesterday where some of that indecision – I think there was another play early in the game – kind of almost cost him or did catch him. So the one interception, you know, I don't call that one indecisiveness because if you go back and watch it, like there was literally two receivers kind of in the same second, you know, in the same area, right? And I think it was Colin Johnson. Oh, that there, right? one. They, that, oh, that, that was, was not Colin Johnson. Okay, yeah, okay. So I'm that talking one about the good. last play of the game. Gotcha. Last play of the game. Gotcha. He, he pumped yeah. a couple of times. So yeah. to me, it was indecisive. But it was apparently Eifert kind of falls down or is falling down, and that's yeah. why he pumped. Yeah, exactly. But but th- that play shit. right there, yeah. and then the sack play. Yeah. To me, said indecision at the time when I tweeted okay. that. So, so the other one you're talking about with the interception, um, where it got tipped, you're not worried about. That wasn't that. That was, I think, on the rookie, and, okay. and it was on spacing to yeah. me. But it was on. That would have been a completed pass who, if Colin um, Johnson didn't hit it. Who uh, got the interception, by the way, too? Oh, Fulton. <laughs> I thought about that. No, I, let me let me go. Who was, was it? Was, who, who's was, that? Was, who's that? Of that? Fulton. <laughs> I've heard that name. When, when Chris they from? said Christian Fulton, I'm like, did I just lose another bet? Where, where's he from? LSU, <laughs> was it? Cornerback? Or was he safety? Cornerback. Guy makes one play Christian and a Fulton. ball that I could have hey, freaking caught. Hey, what is your guy doing right now? Is he even in the league still? A Diggs' name I heard was mentioned last week in the game. I'll, I'll look Not into it. Not for getting beat. I'll, I'll... <laughs> Fair enough. He's Sorry with the you. Cowboys. He only gave up 39 yeah, last That's time. not bad. You know, Matt Ryan having a field day. It's all good. Uh, all right. Here's but the deal. Yeah. So anyway, I, got, I mean, I thought, listen, it's okay to criticize Minshew a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's. I thought he was really good. There's a lot of things. Let's let's get right into it. What did you like about yesterday? Okay, that's where we're going to go first. And I've got a pretty long list. And one of the things is I thought Minshew started slow. Mm-hmm. I thought the ball looked like it was sailing. Forget about the Colin Johnson play. I know he tipped it, okay? But the one to Bruce Miller mm-hmm. was like up above him, and you can't throw that ball to a fullback, okay? So that sailed. Mm-hmm. The ball came out of his hands, I think, funny, even on the completion of LaVisca Chenault when there were two 
uh, guys in the same area, but Chenault jumped up and caught it. I just think he didn't look sharp. He was two for his first six. He had the pick because of the deflection, and it just was like, man, he didn't look mm-hmm. like the guy right now that I saw last week. Well, what you got to love about Minshew is in the past, over the last decade, when a quarterback looks bad like Jackson, in Jacksonville, wearing that uniform, they stay bad. Correct. And it becomes a disaster. He bounced back. And by the time the second half's rolling around, boom, 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 nine for nine to start the second half. I thought he then threw some beautiful balls to Chris Thompson, to Tyler Eifert. Guys made some plays for him, too. But I love the resiliency of Minshew, who's the face of this team. It's his team. And he showed resiliency along with the football team yesterday. I loved it. And it helps with the run game as well. Right, because no matter what the Titans are trying to do on defense, whether they didn't take James Robinson seriously, whether they're trying to let Garner Minshew beat him, whatever the, the philosophy, whatever the scheme was, keep in mind who we're talking about here. The Titans' defense, right? This was the defense that fitted out the Rubik's Cube that was Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens last year. So I hold the Tennessee Titans' defense in high regard. Now, yeah, maybe you had a couple injuries here or there, but they're a fantastic defense and they're well coached. With that being said, falling back on that run game like that with James Robinson you were able to open up Gardner Minshew, and he got you know that hot streak going for a while there. The biggest takeaway for me with Gardner Minshew from his first year to his second year is he's a lot more comfortable in the pocket, right? How many times do we see Gardner Minshew step up, then step back, then move around a little bit, and just, you know, that, that internal clock, it, it never, like, made him panic, right? Last year we would have saw Minshew step back a little bit. Oh, man, I, this doesn't feel right. There's too much space and take off a little bit. And what happened? He would get sacked. He would fumble or he would make a great play. Those days are gone now. Now we're seeing a lot more calm, collected, and patient Gardner Minshew, who will still have the ability to take off, obviously, with his feet, but now he's scanning the field. He's looking down receivers. He's checking down all this stuff. And I'm telling you, man, I said this before in my video, too, last night. From a defensive lineman, from a rushing perspective, that sucks to play against guys like that because now you can't just pin your ears back and go. You have to mind your P's and Q's and make sure, okay, where is he at? Is he on my level? Do I have to work back inside? Do I have to work a counter move? When you start playing those head games with the defensive linemen, it slows their rush down a little bit, and you get a lot more time in the pocket, and it's a lot more time to diagnose defenses and make big plays. Well, one, the other to go hand-in-hand, you got to go Jay Gruden again. I mean, last week I thought it was the best called game I've seen. This one, I'm not sure I put it in that category, although it looked – very good, and he probably did make a lot of the right calls, and I don't remember too many bad ones, quite frankly. I think they just didn't execute a couple of things, uh, and they needed to execute everything, really, to be able to win that game the way special teams and defense played. But my goodness, man, a rhythm to start the season with his quarterback in this offense is spectacular. Yeah. Jay Gruden, I might have tweeted, I got a man crush on this yes, guy already. Somebody tagged me in that, by the way. And then this is why I don't live tweet during, you know, games usually. Because people get so emotional. They do. And people get so starstruck and awestruck. And they have, you know, hearts around their eyes where you fall in love with, with uh, Jay Gruen. You know what, though? I'm going to be honest. Um, if you're going to fall in love with somebody, Brent, that's probably a good coordinator to fall in love with right now. <laughs> the only problem is, though, let's be honest. <laughs> Tell him to calm down just a little bit. Because the last thing I want to see right now is at the end of the year, everyone's like, oh, well, Jay Gruden's gone. He's going someplace else to coach as a head coach now. Like, I mean, listen, I love this Jaguars offense. But as Gardner Minshew's thriving, as they keep on putting up point after point after point, the I guess the pessimist in me is like, well, you guys got to calm down just a little bit. Because let's make sure Jay Gruden has a job for next year.
Hey, just keep in mind, if I have a man crush on Jay Gruden, mm. that could actually also be John Gruden or Frank Caliendo. So <laughs> I've got options. Uh, here we go. What else did you like? Man, I, can Robinson look? We're going to get deeper into the Minshew and Robinson thing. Yeah. But my goodness, man. I mean, this kid looks good. I mean, for for an organization in a front office that is just not you can't trust them, right? You don't. But the fan base doesn't trust them. Uh, it does. They don't. They, sure. they, they wanted yeah. him gone. They might still want him gone. I'm not saying one move or, or two games changes that. But they told us this kid was good. They found this guy. Yeah. And they had 12 picks. They could have drafted a running back. They took this guy undrafted free agent. And holy cats, man. I mean, he looks good. Mm-hmm. Like, really good. Like, it doesn't look lucky. He looks good. Yeah. So, listen, my comparison of a player last week, and I just looked up this guy's numbers. So this player right here that I talked about last week, his first game, 31 attempts, 135 yards. That's 4.35 uh, average yards per carry, two touchdowns. Second game, uh, kind of a bummer of a game, eight attempts, 17 yards, but had a touchdown, okay? Uh, and keep in mind, he had a couple catches in each of those games as well. James Conner, okay? This, to me, is James Conner reincarnated, right? Where Doug Marone came out and said, we like this guy, you know? Um, I'm not sure, did Dave Cole actually mention him too or not? Or was it just Doug? Uh... Might have just been Doug. Okay, just Doug. Okay. But regardless, though, Doug comes out and says, we really like this guy. They let Leonard Fournette go. I was against it. I said it makes your offense worse. Right? I said that makes Gardner Minshew worse. I don't know who this James Robinson guy is. I know he's from Illinois State. I know I don't like Illinois State at all. I know I played there. They're fans. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Fans are very disrespectful. They had some really mean names for me, Brent, and I'm emotional about it. Still emotional about it. So I didn't know who James Robinson was. And I think the Titans maybe not didn't really know who he was, and obviously the Colts didn't know as well either. But what you have here, and listen, the the, the, the touchdown in the end zone, the whatever, the 20 yard, whatever, 25 yards, once again, gravy. Okay? 17 yarder, yeah. 17 yards, okay. Gravy, right? All I need James Robinson to do is fall forward and get us three to four yards per pop. If you can do that, that opens up that opens up Gruden's offense so you know, drastically where it's like, well, now you have options. Now you have Chenault. And then now you have Eifert. Like, you have all these options at your disposal. And this is the difference, Brent, between this year and the previous years, right? Where when you have Leonard Fournette, who I still think is a great back, right? He had a pretty good game for Tampa Bay, by the way. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, but when you had Fournette, you took too many negative plays, let's just say. Now, whether that was on Fournette, whether that was on the play calling, the blocking, a little combination of both, but we're accustomed to seeing, all right, well, first down, oh, here's a minus two uh, yard rush, right? With James Robinson, the guy refuses to get tackled in the backfield. Now, once again, you got to praise the offensive line because they're getting a fantastic push, but also, one guy can't bring this dude down, right? I don't care if you're a defensive tackle, I don't care if you're a linebacker, one guy can't bring this guy down. So you have to gang tackle him a little bit. Anytime you have a guy you have to gang tackle, you're guaranteed to get positive yardage. And that's what's making this um, Jaguars offense drive so well right now. It's the fact that you have a guy who gets you positive yard after positive yard. All right, uh, what else did I like from this game? The offensive line, you brought it up. They've now played against two pretty good fronts. Mm-hmm. Did I asked a question all last week. Did DeForest Buckner play in that football game again for Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Norwell and A.J. Can did their job. Uh, and Brandon Linder. Yesterday, against another front that I saw on Monday night, looked pretty good. And Clowney and Simmons, did Simmons play yesterday? <laughs> 
Ring the bell for Simmons. Maybe not. Don't Maybe ring not. The bell. Don't ring the bell, man. Mute that bell. Well, because he didn't show up, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, seriously, they couldn't stop anything. The offensive line's opening up some holes. They're doing a decent job or a good job protecting. Tyler Shatley comes in off the bench, and quite frankly, didn't no disrespect to Brandon Linder, but I didn't think they missed, it, missed mm-hmm. anything there. And good news on Brandon Linder today. Doesn't look like he'll miss much time. And you, and you want Brandon Linder in there. He's a very good player and probably their best offensive lineman, at least with a resume. And so you want him in there. Doesn't look He's not going on IR. Looks like he's day-to-day. We'll see if he plays Thursday night. Uh, but it looks like it's not long-term for Linder, which is a very good thing, especially given what happened in the NFL yesterday to so many. But yeah. I, I asked somebody about their offensive line today. They said A.J. Cant's playing really good football. Now, again, I don't know. I'm just relaying that. I, yeah, I don't yeah. watch A.J. Cant play. Uh, but really good. I thought Norwell played really well last week. I don't know if he did this week. And I don't hear Cam Robinson's name mentioned. I heard Jawan Taylor on the late in that game missed uh, an assignment. That was yeah. the only play I saw from him. So playing pretty good. And they're playing physical against two pretty good fronts. Yeah, absolutely. And this was a test for them, right? I mean, to me, this is even more of a test than the Colts. Really. Yeah, the Colts have a, their own d- good defensive line, but like in terms of physicality, what we've been preaching all week, I thought the Jaguars were up to the challenge and actually exceeded the challenge for the most part of that game. And it, it just begs the question now where it's like, is this offensive line, it, is this who they are? You know, because like week one, it's like, all right, well, we, we, we saw glimpses and things like that, but what does one week really tell yeah, you? Yeah. Well, now we saw two weeks of this. Right, so two weeks against two good defensive lines, um, against two well-coached defenses, to say the least. It it begs the question, like, are we about to see, I guess, an offensive juggernaut now in the NFL? And then when's the last time you could talk about a Jacksonville Jaguars team being in the top ten of anything uh, in terms of offense? Yeah, well, I mean, they actually were in 2017. It just didn't feel that way. Well, well, they they finished overall number six, but it just didn't feel that way. They scored 26.1 points a game. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Jaguars, if they could keep this up, they're averaging more points than any other team in franchise history per game. Sure. Uh, In in actuality, that 2017 team was first in franchise history per game in points, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. even more so than like those that 99 team and others um and i and i gave you the stat earlier this is the stat to me jaguars have scored more points in in the first two games of the season in than in 20 years you have to go all the way back to 2000 to score more points in the first two games combined than this jacksonville jaguars football team and it's all about the offense right now all right before we take a break we're going to get josh scobie in here in just a couple because we do have some bad things to talk about but a couple more good real quick Jags are making adjustments at halftime. Even their defense, which is maligned and Todd Wash is maligned, you know, they only gave up 123 yards in the second half. Mm-hmm. And you could tell they had three stops in a row. I mean, I, I know that's like, hey, Brent, that's like what you're supposed to do. Well, teams had punted once in like the first seven quarters against them. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm up for baby steps here and giving your team a chance to win. They made a couple of critical stops. They've got a lot of work to do. But I'm just saying I feel like there's adjustments being made, and I haven't always felt like that in the past. And then the last one is this. I asked you this question. Mm-hmm. Will this hard, lunch pail team that the Jaguars have, that we think they have, will they bring their hard hat? Will they, will they want to go tackle? Derrick Henry. Will they want to play physical football at the brand that the Titans play? Man, I'll tell you what. I thought they wanted to. Yeah. Every ounce of that yardage was hard-earned for Derrick Henry. Henry, yeah. And it was only 84 yards on 25 carries. Every team in the NFL will sign up for that. I understand the passing's different. Let's not get into that just yet. That's going to come in the back. It goes okay? hand in hand. Yeah. But 
the phys- I'm just saying, forget, forget about the yardage and everything. I thought they brought the physical nature to Tennessee, which you have to match that. No, they, and I think that was a good thing. Listen, they did bring the physical nature to the Titans offensive line. And for the most part, they did shut down Derrick Henry. You can't deny that. And at the end of the game, you saw a Titans team who just, they lost their identity, right? Like, I don't think they, they were planning on throwing this much during that game, right? I mean, yeah, Tannehill had four touchdowns. He had a great game, but, like, that wasn't in the script. And towards the end, you can kind of see, like, man, we're not comfortable doing this. We want to run the ball with Derrick Henry a little more. So the Jaguars did a great job of taking away who the Tennessee Titans were. But obviously, when you put all your chips in one basket, you leave another empty basket to the side of that. And yeah. that's what happened in the past game, unfortunately, that Jaguar secondary. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we got what didn't we like coming up in just a little bit. And part of that is special teams. We got Josh Scobie on speed dial. Mm-hmm. What was that at the end of the first half? I mean, it might have cost him the football game. I'm not willing to say just that cost him the game, but it might have. Well, and what was that? And let's just put it like this. I always say it. Not one play defines a football game, but two or three big plays always does well and that was one that of the two or three kick right there that was a huge play call um and that kind of defined the game if you will all right josh go be coming up next we talked to squib kick uh, the power kick what the heck is that it's next on action sports jacks on espn 690 there's some things i think that you know we can improve upon obviously and we will and you know we don't have a lot of time because we got this quick turnaround so um, you know credit to tennessee um, you know they were able to make some plays and and at the end of the day, we weren't able to make a play to, to get us over the top or stop a play. So that's where we are. That is Doug Marone uh, talking about the loss uh, yesterday to Tennessee, 33-30. We're going to get to now the part where that stings about the loss, right? There are so many good things about it, uh, and there's a decent feeling in town. I think given the expectation, that's fair enough. I, I know everybody's uh, – you-, you just won't admit to yourself moral victories and all that. I get it. I get it. But – this team has an offense. They're fun to watch. I tweeted yesterday, we have a fun football team in Jacksonville. I've been here 12 years. Um, haven't said it a lot. <laughs> Just haven't. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, it's like the trend in the NFL right now, I think through two weeks, they're averaging the combined scores 50 points. I think it's the most ever. Hmm. Well, isn't it kind of cool that now the Jags are keeping up with a trend? They're doing their part. Mm -hmm. They're averaging 28 and a half. So that's the good stuff. The bad stuff is their defense is awful, uh, quite frankly. I mean, right now through two games, it's bad. And their special teams are supposed to be good. And... They let them down in yeah. a big-time way yesterday. You can't lose special teams with this team, mm-hmm. especially to the Titans, who are struggling. Let's bring in the special teams ace right here in Jacksonville. Josh Scobie, former Jaguars kicker, joins us. I, I had him on speed dial today. I said, man, I didn't think we'd be talking about a squib kick mm. in week number two being mm. such a big deal. But yeah. what the heck was that? Oh, man, that, uh, that was just a, a case of bad luck and uh, maybe – Another case of uh, a bad a bad call by whoever called it, special teams coach or Doug Marone. Yeah, okay, be honest with us now. Who does make that call? Is that kind of up to Lambeau and DeCamillis, the special teams coordinator? Does that come from the head coach usually? Uh, who does call it? I mean, in the 12 years I played and the squib kicks that I had, they always came from the special teams coach. And, uh, it, you know, in all honesty, I never liked doing them because, um, I mean, number one, I've been – you know, kicking touchbacks for for a long, long time, and you just assume that you can kick another touchback with ease, whether that was Lambo or Logan Cook out there. Um, so, you know, whoever was on that front line who knocked the ball down, 
it was just a, a you know a good play by him. I don't know if he was coached to do it or if Lambeau kind of mishit it like directly at him. But that's the last thing you want. And typically, the special teams coach is going to tell you you need to get it get the ball at least through the the front line um, on the kickoff return team. And you know, obviously, it, it turned out to be a bad situation. But uh, I, typically, I I would always like to do squibs when it was going to be the last play of the half. There was no chance for uh, them to run another offensive play. So maybe, you know, with three, four, five seconds left on the clock, but not how much time uh, uh, the Jags and Titans had on the clock. Yeah, there were like a dozen seconds left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Josh, obviously there's 12 seconds left. One could think you kick it in the end zone or you kick it, you know, towards the goal line or anything like that. They take the knee, they come out, they probably just, you know, that's it. Like, you're not going to, they're not going to try to go down and score, especially with the Jaguars' momentum and everything. So I guess my question is, and we've seen squib kicks all the time. I've been part of squib kick coverages, if you will, but I guess I've never really understood of what exactly is the goal of this squib kick. Like, why do you even implement it? Because you said it yourself. You're not the biggest fan of it. Yeah, I, I guess the, the end goal of it is to get the ball in the hands of someone who doesn't typically return it. So you want to get it down to like a second or third level guy and not actually to the returner. So there's, you know, uh, there's not much of a chance of a big return. Um, and it's also to, you know, run out the clock. But in that situation, uh, they just got unlucky with the ball getting knocked down. And who knows, maybe Mike Vrabel didn't like it at first whenever the ball got knocked down because then the Jags could have recovered. But uh, obviously Tennessee got the ball in, in great field position. Yeah, I don't know Josh Kobe, by the way, with a former Jags kicker. I uh, hope you're doing well, man. Good to have you on and good to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, the Jaguars lose 33-30 and a big play in this game was the squib kick, but that wasn't it. Uh, Jaguars special teams was not good. The last punt by Logan Cook, not good. Uh, the missed extra point by Lambeau. I have a hard time faulting Lambeau for too much. I mean, he's been yeah. so good. He's been so, so, so good. good, you know. I mean, so I'm... Again, it's hard to fault him. I will say this about Cook. Logan Cook was really good last year overall, but he got off to a slow start last year, too. Is that a thing sometimes uh, where where punters and and maybe even kickers take a little bit to get in a groove? Well, especially this year with, you know, not having preseason games and just jumping straight into games that count for your your team and for your individual statistics. Uh, So, yeah, maybe – each one of them needed a little bit of time uh, to get going. And, and Logan has done a fantastic job since he's been here with the Jags and had an amazing year last year. And I'm sure he'll bounce back. He just he had an untimely bad punt at the end of the game that gave the Titans good field position. And like you said with Lambeau, I mean, he's, you can't blame him for much right now because of how well he's done since he got here as well. And uh, it, it was just – Really bad luck and untimely um, um, special teams, things that happen. Speaking of bad luck, Stephen Gaskowski last week, you know, he goes uh, one for, uh, I think, one, one for four. four. Yeah, yeah, one for four, and then missed an extra point in Denver. Um, and then obviously, Brabel has a connection with him. He keeps him on the team, and Brabel hits, I mean, he hits two field goals that, you know, put the Jaguars 51 to 49. Yeah, that was pretty huge. huge. Um, Josh, were you kind of surprised that Vrabel opted to keep Gaskowski on the team, or would you expected him to go in a new direction after that abysmal start in Denver? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was obviously a really bad start to your season uh, that Gostowski had in week one. But, I mean, he's one of the best and most accurate kickers of all time, and he, uh, Vrabel knows that he's reliable. So I, you're, you rarely ever 
cut a kicker after week one. That, I mean, they're just going to give you a little bit of leeway, although that was a, you know, a really bad game for him. Uh, you, you're rarely going to see a kicker getting cut after week one. And he obviously bounced back in, in a good way for them. Hey, uh, Josh Kobe hanging out with us here for another minute or so. Uh, I think, am I putting too much into the, the basket that their special teams is good? Like, I, I think it's an advantage most weeks for them. I like their special teams. DeCamillo is one of the best. Josh Lambeau has been unbelievable. Logan Cook is good. I have faith in him. Uh, I, I guess we're still learning about their cover teams, but am I over-dramatizing maybe that they are good? Is it, do you think they'll be up and down and consistent? What's your view of them? Well, last year they were one of the best in the NFL in in all phases of special teams. And, you know, this year we're only two games in, so the sample size is pretty small. But they, I mean, they have the pieces in terms of the kicker and punter to do well. It's just a matter of getting the coverage and the return teams up to speed and 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 not having what happened yesterday happen again. I know you pay close attention to this stuff. I mean, have you had fun watching these guys? I mean, you got way more confidence than you did maybe eight days ago in this season? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I tweeted out yesterday that I think the Jags are and can be a, a really good team. And they're certainly fun to watch. The offense is fun. I mean, it's clicking right now. Um, the defense obviously has a long way to go. They have to somehow get some pass rush going and, and create some more opportunities to get pressure on the quarterback. But I, I think this team is, is going to be a lot better than – what I expected and what a lot of people expected. Is your average driving distance off the tee down in the last few weeks due to all the rain? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a random off-subject question, but heck, yeah, this this rain is is killing me and everyone else. You have to like golf question, aren't you, Brent? Absolutely. You can man. contain yourself. Oh, I mean, I yeah. don't even yeah, can't, can't contain yourself. I haven't played golf. Listen, I will say this. I wasn't that having that much fun watching the u.s open yesterday with those two guys in it yeah. i was i almost felt bad about it but yeah. dechambeau doesn't do much for me scoby he, he doesn't do much for you he, he gained 40 something pounds and about 50 yards on his drive that doesn't do much for you what more do you want from the guy Brent? yeah he's putting his own health on the line for your entertainment you can't even watch him i know he's just boring he's kind of awkward it's just i don't know i can't get into and it i don't even follow golf you know what i'm into that i'm in that kind of dedication Dang. It's true. I mean, he, and he turned it into a U.S. Open championship. Maybe I should be better. Yeah. Josh Kobe, a hater. Thanks for uh, jumping in, man. Yeah, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. Uh, Josh Kobe, former Jags kicker, talking about the squib kick and, and special teams with the Jags. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here. I, I do believe in their special teams. Yeah. But they can't afford that, man. The margin for error is too thin. I mean, that's just the way they're built right now. They can't do that. Could have won them a game. Could have snuck out of there with a win uh, if things went right on special teams. But Tennessee won that portion of the game. When we come back, what else went wrong and how do you fix the defense? Can you fix it? Plus a little visca bingo on the way in the 4 o'clock hour on ESPN 690. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 